Yeah, I think that's the only size that Foster's comes in, is, like, that's not that true. big. Does he buy, like, a 12-pack? They're a little bigger, but not as big as that one. Yeah, that's that's a big that's a big beer. It's the size of a wine bottle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a pseudo-game show podcast hosted by me, Nate Bergoglio. Each week, I subject my guests to a list of topics, and I ask them if they have a vague idea about those topics, or if they just want to pass. And then we hand out some points, and those points don't really matter. This is the first show of 2019. So happy New Year! Uh, although it's gonna come out, uh, you know, two weeks after, so you'll be well in the thick of uh, abandoning your resolutions by the time you listen to this. As will we all. That'll be good. What right. resolutions? I already broke my first resolution. All right. Hey, we we can talk about that later, <laughs> possibly in a bonus feature. Um, <clears throat> with me as always are my guests Shannon Page and John Peros. Hello. Shannon, how are you? I'm great. Hey, happy new year. Happy new year. All right. John, hey, how are you? Greetings. I'm glad to be a part of this. Well, I'm glad to have you be a part of it, too. Shannon's being very quiet, though. So I don't know how Shannon feels about you being a part of it. No, I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> See, you shouldn't be sober, because now this is all getting, like, the the banter isn't as mumbly-stumbly as it should be. Hey, uh, so, uh, we don't have a special guest this week. That's cool. We're going to do this old school style. Uh, we are recording in Steno, uh, in our little war room home, surrounded by other people's business plans and that's track lighting. That's the same business plan that's been on the wall for the last like month, month and a half no, almost. They, business plans can take a while to execute. But they haven't <laughs> even like changed the, the order of anything. It's all the same. Well, maybe they... It's like nobody else is using this space but us. It's true. I mean, some other people do, but, you know, eh, there's a lot of stuff going on down here. Uh, hey, you know, so welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> We're really starting the year right Just here. cut all that out. <laughs> cut it all out. I will cut nothing. Are you guys ready to play the I'm game? So looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, let's go ahead and Rochambeau, and since it's just the two ah. of you, this can't possibly go wrong. Yeah. You just gotta know that I'm gonna One, two, throw three. <laughs> Oh, do it, do it again. I forget do it again. that we did it on three. No, no, on shoot. One, two, three, shoot. Oh, okay. One, two, three, shoot. Nah. All right, John, you get to pick what topic would you like. One through. I want the last one. You want the last one. Oh, my God. John? New Year's resolution right here. Whatever number it is, it's the last one. The final topic is a new feature <laughs> for Vague Idea for 2019. This feature is called Pomme ou Pomme du Terre. French for apple or potato. So, John, you have to say whether the object that I hold up in front of you now is an apple or a potato. And if you can say so, if you can say what it is in French, you'll get an extra point. All right? Oh, man. What is that object? Is it a pomme or pomme du terre? Pomme du terre. <laughs> is it a pomme du terre? Definitely. No, I'm sorry, John. It's a, it's a stuffed rabbit. That's, well, that's it incorrect. Would be more, I don't even understand the color what's is more right indicative now. of potato than than uh, some species that lives in a tree. It's, well, rabbits don't live in trees. I'm sorry, are we trying to decide if this stuffed rabbit is an apple than or apple. a potato? <laughs> you yes. gave me two choices. He's definitely more potato than apple. <laughs> okay. 
Um, <laughs> great job. I need to. It's like a drinking. major trick question. I have no idea what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have probably discussed this with you guys a little bit. So, uh, new rules. I, I wanted to. I wanted to add a, uh, a kind of zany new thing. So. <laughs> The idea would be that I would say, is it an apple or potato? And very rarely would it be either an apple or a potato. And it's that was colored kind of like a potato. And it it's is. an earth dwelling you know, species. It's not That's in fair. Okay. All right. Well, we'll call it pomme de terre. I think potato. Okay. This stuffed rabbit is a potato. <laughs> so says this episode of A Big Idea. John. I don't know what, I don't know rabbit in French. I'm sorry. It's lapin. 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 Uh... John, you're going to get a point for that. <laughs> and and next time when, when I force you to do this, we should start everybody will be your, a little more questions here. Everybody will be a little more interested. You get a you get a point for that question. But it's out of 10. I'm just kidding. Oh man, it <laughs> should be. Such a sad face. Oh. Oh, I should never have done this. Oh. No, it was amazing because I was so confused about what was happening. I thought you guys were doing a bit. Well, <laughs> It was supposed to be a bit, but one where uh, I I expected John to be indignant and say, that's not an apple or a potato. That is a rabbit. <laughs> and instead, John was like, well, it's probably closest to a potato. And that's that's why you got a point. Yes. Great job. Okay. <laughs> John, pick another category. Right, give me the last one again. Want... Okay. John Peros, do you have a vague idea about concept albums? Um, yeah, I've got a vague idea about that. Great. Shannon, do you have a vague idea about concept albums? Yeah, I can say I have a vague idea. Okay, John, start okay. talking about concept albums. I don't know, like an album, a concept album, like, I can only think of maybe a few of them in my experience, but I think of, like, Dark Side of the Moon was kind of a concept album where, like, each each track of a of a album like kind of adds up to a greater whole and it's kind of telling like a bigger broader story um i think of like uh deltron 3030 um the original one that Mm -hmm. that was like a really good concept album that i encountered um think of other ones like i'm trying to think of other ones i don't know rock music isn't for me yeah we we covered that (laughs) on the uh yeah, on last week's episode. Yeah, yeah it'll be last week, right? <laughs> I think so. Okay, yeah, Shannon. With yeah, concept um, albums. That's I basically just had a vague idea, so that's kind of what I was gonna say was okay. that the entire album is one theme, whether that be. I I wonder if you could call even like the Who's Tommy or something like that a concept that album. Occurred to that's, me too, but yeah. then I was like, that's more like that's more an like opera. A opera, yeah, yeah, it's a rock. Rock op, rock opera. Yeah, rock. I've never rock, tried to rock. say that out loud before. I think it's a rock opera. Rock opera. But I want to. I want to make it one word. Rock opera. Rock opera. Rock opera. Rock opera. But yeah, I and uh, and that instead of just being like, here's twelve songs that we decided to release all at the same time. It's more of a broad. It's more of a theme. Here's three singles and seven B sides. Enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. Well, great. You guys both get a point for that. Uh, Yeah, a concept album is an album in which its tracks hold a larger purpose or meaning collectively than they do individually. This is typically achieved through a single central narrative or theme, which can be instrumental, compositional, or lyrical. Sometimes the term is referenced to albums 
uh, considered to be of, quote, uniform excellence, rather than an LP with an explicit musical or lyrical motif. The exact criterion for a concept album varies among critics, with no discernible consensus. <laughs> the format originates with folk singer Woody Guthrie's Dust Bowl Ballads from 1940, and was subsequently popularized by traditional pop singer Frank Sinatra's 1940s and 50s string of albums, although the term is more often associated with rock music, which hmm. John wants no part of. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Good job. Good job. Concept albums. John, you have a total of two points now. Shannon, you have a total of one point. And John, you get to pick the next topic. One well, through... Let, let Shannon have it. I mean, she got a point just like I did. Well, I know, okay. but... Okay, well, fine. John, John's giving you his... his uh, passing his, He's passing I'm it passing on. passing it? So, Shannon, you I get to pick... Your, I don't need your pity pass, if that's Whoa. what that is. Whoa. <laughs> Well, Why somebody has no? to pick one through eight, or I'm just going to quit. Why are you offended? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Is this an apple or a potato, Shannon? It's an apple. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> I'll take one. There are four lights. <laughs> you take number one? Great. That's a nice Star Trek reference. Yeah. I like that. It's like one of my favorite Next Generation episodes. And one of the best uh, episodes of Star Trek, Toto. Ooh. I, I think, anyway. If you disagree, tweet, tweet at, at me, Victoria. <laughs> Hashtag, you're not nerdy enough. Uh, Shannon, do you have a vague idea about the Justice for Victims of Lynching Act? I do not. No? No, pass. Okay. John, do you have a vague idea about the Justice for Victims of Lynching Act? No, I would be guessing... I'm afraid that if I guess in this situation that um, it would be disrespectful to make something up. Okay. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know you to be a person who would have said something inflammatory, but that's fine. Uh, you can both pass. Um, I'm going to give you both a point for that. Uh, the Justice for Victims of Lynching Act was passed by the Congress uh, last winter on December 19th. Uh, it was sponsored by Senator Kamala Harris, Democrat from California, and it made it finally a federal law uh, that lynching uh, a black person was illegal. What? Yeah, yeah. There was it wasn't federally codified as a crime until, until last 2018. Year? Yep, that's correct. Uh, now, uh, technically, I don't think it's been passed through the House yet, but you know, it'll it'll make its way. So that's cool because racism is over. All right, great job, everybody. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give you both a point. John, you're at three. Shannon, you're at two. Shannon, you get to pick again. Number one. Number one. Hey, great. Whoa. Oh, jeez. Okay. Shannon Page, do you have a vague idea about Merriam-Webster's 2018 word of the year? I don't. Well, uh, no, no. No? I mean, I have a vague idea about... The fact that there is a word of the year, but I have no that idea what that No, can... no, I'm passing, I'm passing. John? Oh, man, again? Okay. Can we get a hint for this one? Uh, I feel like I could guess it if I had a hint. The word of the year was included in the previous topic that I just read to you. <laughs> I'm trying to think what you said. <laughs> Racism, lynching, Congress... California. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't think any of those are new words. It doesn't have to be a new word. 
They just say a word of the year. Um, oh, oh, it's not like here's our list of new words. Yeah, no, it's not oh, like okay. it's not like when the OED puts a new word in, like when they made like whatever uh, showrooming or uh, all these terrible social media words that are now a thing. Ghosting, I think. Ghosting, yeah, yeah. yeah ghosting was one. Um, how? Oh no! Do you want to take a guess? Racism. It's not a bad guess. That's not correct. Yeah. But John, do you want to do you want to take a shot at it, knowing that it's one of the words in the previous topic that I just read you? I no, I can't guess. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the twenty eighteen word of the year, according to Merriam Webster, was justice. Justice. Did you say? Oh, I guess you did just, say justice. It was justice, justice for, for victims, victims of, of lynching, lynching act of twenty eighteen. Great job. Okay, uh, you both get a point. John, you're at four. Shannon, you're at three. <laughs> my my lead is just diminishing by percentage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now you only have a 25% lead as, as opposed to the 33% lead you had before. Or 50% lead you had before. Uh, okay, Shannon, uh, pick again. You have one through uh, six. I'll throw it back to John. You're going to throw it back to John? John, you got to pick now. Uh, I'll take the last one. The last one. Okay, John, by choosing the last one, you have unlocked the bonus question. Would you like the last one, or would you like the bonus question? Um, I guess, actually, you just get the bonus question. I think that's probably better. That makes you just get the sense. bonus question. <laughs> All right, we'll John. the last one for the next time I choose. The bonus this week. <laughs> the bonus this week is to share one of your resolutions for the new year. Although earlier, I think you said you have no resolutions, <laughs> which oh, is so perhaps funny. a resolution in itself. I I mean, I didn't make any resolutions last year, and I did, like, all my dreams came true. It was ridiculous. So, like, why would I set myself up for failure this year and just, like, just wait for the world to come to me? Yeah, just don't set a bar. And then you can basically just, like, roll through whatever victories. I mean, it was victories. so good. Like, I did all the things I wanted to do. And, like, I don't really know what I would want to do more than I did last year. I don't know. Maybe I'll just, like, rest on the laurels of last year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's, it takes resolve to stay no, in place. No, I'm, I'm making a joke there. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, don't, don't sugarcoat it. Uh, Shannon? What's your, uh, uh, you have a, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, one of them was that I was going to take January off from drinking. I wasn't oh. going to drink in the month of January, uh-huh. but I had a drink last night. Well, okay. You, are you going to drink a trivia later? That was New Year's Day, right? Yeah, I'm going to drink a trivia later. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you gave it the old college try. Yeah, well. I mean, in a way, like, five drinks is the new one drink, so you're really not drinking at all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And my goal for the year is to get you, the listener, on this podcast. Tweet at Nate Regolia. Good job, everybody. (laughs) John, you get a point. No, I don't. That was like the worst answer ever. Shannon, you get a point. It's five to four. John leads. John, you get to pick again. One through six. Uh, I'll take the last one again. The last one. The final the final question. Oh man, we are moving really fast through this episode. <laughs> okay, John Peros, do you have a vague idea about Jonestown? Yeah, I, uh, I'll take a stab at it. Sure. All right, Shannon. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have a vague. You got a vague idea. idea about Jonestown? All right, John, let's talk about Jonestown. 
Jonestown wasn't Jonestown like some sort of cult, and then like the the government raided it and ended up like massacring everybody in the cult or something like that. You're 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 half right. You're yeah. not wrong. I mean, there's That's a cult. Nate That's would say. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> well, I don't know. Some of it's wrong. The, the government didn't massacre them, but there was a there was a massacre that occurred. Okay. Um. So Jonestown was a city in South. I think it's in South America or Central America. I can't remember where exactly. But there was a cult. I can't remember the leader's name right now. Jones, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. And oh. One of your classic religious leaders who <laughs> named shit after himself. Yes. So they started in America, but then they moved down, sat into wherever. I want to. I want to say like Venezuela or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but yeah. And they set up this town called Jonestown, and it was huge. There was a ton of people, and he. Um, that's that's where you hear the phrase "drink the Kool Aid." Was that he, the the government was closing in on them, I think, and coming after them, and he decided the best thing to do would be for everybody to kill themselves. And he I thought the Kool Aid was a thing, but I got distracted from that he um yeah he handed out the kool-aid and had everybody drink the kool-aid interestingly enough though a lot of the people people don't know this a lot of the people didn't want to drink the kool-aid and he had guards set up murdering them if they wouldn't drink the kool-aid which is why so many people ended up doing it um but yeah if you if you refused you still died you didn't really have a choice and nobody found them for like a week and it was really hot where they were and apparently it was super gross when they were finally found mushy oozy yeah, people mushy oozy yeah. people yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well done Shannon <laughs> belly's full of Kool-Aid <laughs> it was only like little Dixie cups full of Kool-Aid and it wasn't Kool-Aid it was whatever the knockoff brand is what's the oh yeah like lick or no cool flavor flavor aid yeah <laughs> Hear that, Flavor Aid people? Uh, okay. Yeah, Jonestown, which was also known as the People's Temple Agricultural Project, was a remote settlement established by the People's Temple, an American cult under the leadership of Reverend Jim Jones, Jim Jones. in North Guiana. Ah. Oh, so it, it wasn't... That's not South America. Yeah, Guiana's, Guiana's on the northern uh, edge. It, it is... It, I don't know if it borders Brazil or not, but it's like... Okay. It's on the it's on the northeastern portion of South America. Um, it became internationally known when, on November eighteenth, nineteen seventy eight, a total of nine hundred and eighteen people died in the settlement yeah, at the nearby airstrip in Port Kaituma and at a temple-run building in Georgetown, Guiana's capital city. The name of the settlement became synonymous with the incidents at those locations. In total, 909 individuals died in Jonestown, all but two from apparent cyanide poisoning in an event termed Revolutionary Suicide by Jones and some members on an audio tape of the event and in prior discussions. The poisonings in Jonestown followed the murder of five others by Temple members at Port Katoma, including United States Congressman Leo Ryan, an act that Jones had ordered. Four other Temple members committed murder-suicide in Georgetown at Jones's command. While some referred to the events in Jonestown as a mass suicide, many others, including Jonestown survivors, regard them as a mass murder. As many as 70 people may have been injected with poison, and a third of the victims were minors. 304 were under 18 years old. Think about your religions. Uh, <laughs> it was the largest such event in modern history, and resulted in the largest single loss of American civilian life 
in a deliberate act until September 11th, 2001. What's interesting, uh, well, I mean, all of that's interesting and, and tragic. Um, so Leo Ryan was a uh, U.S. representative from California who went to Jonestown as a representative of the United States to just kind of check out and make sure everything wasn't fucked up. And as he was leaving, he went. To, he was at the airstrip boarding his plane. Jones's men got in there and shot him and killed him. Like, it was a deliberate assassination. Pretty, pretty just fucking crazy. Like, I don't even know how this sort of thing happens, honestly. But there you go. I had a project manager at my last job on our first day. A bunch of us all started on the same day. So he was giving a speech and he brought a thing of Kool-Aid and he was like, and I want everybody to be really excited and drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> we had to tell him that. that did, <laughs> That's that did, a really dark sense did, of humor. No, he didn't, it, he didn't know what it, he, he, it, yeah, he was, he was thinking it meant like get excited and like. Be Every- on the same team. Meanwhile, like, everybody's face is the teeth gritting emoji. Yeah, he had no like, idea uh, what it meant. Like, he, he uh, totally... Yeah, we were like, I do not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> okay, so then... Alright, we're gonna play a little... We're gonna play a little sub-game called Over Under. Which has to do with gambling, basically. But, uh, what do you think the Over Under <laughs> is in years on the time until it takes someone who's running for... President of the United States to use "drink the Kool Aid" as their <laughs> slogan. Yes, misunderstanding. I love it. Yeah, John. How many years from now? Over under. So basically, give me the middle line. Like, if you think the over under is eighty, that means it'll be, you know, uh, eighty is it's going to be sixty to ninety years. Don't you set the line and we say over under, or you say what you think the over? Okay. I don't. I don't know, I don't know how over unders work. I, maybe I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's I they did. about two years. What? <laughs> think it's about two years? You think you think that you think that uh, <laughs> you think that Air what Trump is going year? to say one year is more what I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, so Air Trump is going to say, uh, "Drink the Kool Aid, build the wall, drink the Kool Aid." Everybody's already damn said the it. man save the empire. He's already said it. I think oh, if I'm he sure says he it though, he's not misunderstanding. <laughs> Oh no! I uh, he's probably well aware of the things that he steals. That's what I no. That's what I mean though. So if he's if he's telling people to drink the Kool Aid, he might be actually trying to murder us all. Oh. My uh, my over under on somebody misusing it, I think, has got to be like another like forty years. I was gonna put it at forty years. Also, I I envision I envision some uh, distant. Well, okay. Here's what I envision because. Uh, my wife and I went out to Sidio City, which is a, a delicious little uh, vegan restaurant slash uh, hipster hangout here in Denver. Uh, went there last night, and I was sort of remarking on the resurgence of uh, kind of the weird 90s clothing. Like, we've we've hit a point now where uh, the 90s clothing that's back in is, like, the, the high-waisted jeans and the weird, like, ribbed... Uh, rib knit sweaters and the poofy coats. <laughs> uh, that's that's more of a waffle knit. Waffle, Mark. yeah, waffle shirts. <laughs> but that's what I have on but, now. But yeah, so that's that sort of thing's coming back, and I'm just waiting for the drink the Kool Aid trend to swing back around, which means we have to get back to when the '70s come back again. And the '70s came back when I was in high school, and the '70s will probably come back again in another, I don't know, ten, fifteen years, and then after that. So uh, if we if we uh, 
solve for irony <laughs> in fashion, drink the Kool-Aid on some sort of like religious frock top is going to happen around 2050, <laughs> I nice, think. Nice. Yeah. I yeah. was thinking more like people that are familiar with the phrase but not necessarily familiar with the origin when will they be running for president? Right. Yeah. And that's and these things line up. But you I do get like the, the idea though. that in one year, it won't be misused. It'll be an actual phrase. <laughs> Drink it! It's the best Kool-Aid. It's the most spectacular, amazing Kool-Aid. Nobody has drank as much Kool-Aid. There's no been president. It's so sad if you don't drink it. This is the most people that ever drink... I do think it's funny that we all kind of do the, the Alec Baldwin version of Trump, which is not a great impression. Um, could be better. It's like Ultra Duck Face. Yeah, Ultra Duck Face. Ultra Duck Face. And then it's like an anime interstitial. Yeah, okay. All right, you guys couldn't see me doing my fun little uh, routine there. Yeah, Shannon, you're going to get a point for that. John, I'm not going to give you a point. So you're tied at five now. I think you were thinking of Waco. No, I remember Waco too. Okay, that was that was the one it that was the government killed them off. Yeah. yeah, we'll come back. We'll come back and talk about Waco another on another episode. So, John, wait, Shannon, you get to pick one through five. Uh, three. Three. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Shannon Page, do you have a vague idea about Russia's most advanced robot, Boris? For a second, I thought you meant Rush the band. <laughs> I was like, Rush has a robot? It's a concept album by Rush. Most advanced robot. Most advanced robot Boris. If any band was going to have an advanced robot, oh, Rush yeah. would be the one. No, fucking Getty Lee has at least nine robots, easily. <laughs> there is no way Getty Lee doesn't have nine robots. Um, Rush of the countries. Most advanced robot, <laughs> Boris. I, I do not. I do not. No? I, I No. But I would like to talk about a movie called Robot that I've recently come into contact with that I would like to watch. Okay, great. Well, let's <laughs> let's, uh, let's see if John knows about Russia's most advanced sure, robot, Boris. I mean, since it's just me, I'll take a stab at it. Um, <laughs> okay. I think it definitely has something to do with the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, I would love it. <laughs> I wish so badly that that was the thing. Kill, kill see, moose and squirrel. See, the robot kill moose and squirrel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's uh, all I got. Okay, great. Uh, I'm going to give I'm gonna give John uh, a half a point for that. And um, uh, Shannon, we'll, I might give you a half a point if what you have to say about this robot show is interesting. <laughs> It's it's an old movie, but I think a sequel just came out, mm-hmm. and it's a Bollywood movie, oh. and they build a robot, Ooh. and it is super awesome at fighting. It can, like, just touch you, and you go flying across the room, but, like, in a Bollywood, like, whoa, kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's For the about- listener, Shannon did a Bollywood-style whoa. <laughs> no, I know. This is the point. Pomme au pomme du terre. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's also an amazing dancer for the big song and dance scenes. That's great. And it fights lots of crime, and it looks amazing. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Well, no, I take it back. I, so I got a copy of it, but the subtitles weren't working, 
So I watched about 10 minutes of it, and even without subtitles, the first 10 minutes were amazing. And I would have kept going, but instead we decided to wait until we could get subtitles because we could tell there was some funny dialogue There was some plot happening. There was a little bit of plot. No, we weren't worried about the plot. But you could tell there were like some funny jokes because there were a lot of faces like, what did he say? So I was like, I want to know what he said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when people are making that face that a a dog makes when it doesn't know what you're talking about, but it's interested where it just keeps rotated until... Or like like shocked faces and you'd be like, what? What did he just say that was so shocking? Like the, uh, like Turkish Spider-Man, I think. Have have you seen clips of this? Like there's... There's a, like, from the 80s, maybe, uh, a, a Turkish version of Spider-Man where he, I mean, it's, like, super low budget, and, uh, and yeah, and they're just trying to do, like, a Spider-Man thing, uh, totally I'm, off, totally, uh, without Marvel's consent. <clears throat> Pre-Disney, so Marvel was less litigious, because they were like, we have nine dollars. <laughs> I think we found a perfectly good function for Google's India Brain Drain. Ah, to make like a little app, you just like set it down next to your TV, and it just like translates any Bollywood film as you're watching it. Oh, it's like the be... uh, it's like the box that Edward Nigma makes in Batman Forever. It's basically a uh, Jim Carrey was in that one. That was the oh, Batman that was movie. A really bad one. No, it was a really bad one. But it's, it's <laughs> he put it's like a blender that you put on your TV that pipes the stuff right into your brain. Uh, I want to say that robot also has a Bollywood name. That starts with an E that I can't remember right now. I'm giving you guys both half a point. Yes. For your responses. Dude, even now, with the, the Google comment, that's not worth a half a point. You, you, you both got half a point. Oh so, here's the thing. Russia's most advanced robot, <laughs> Boris. What is it? Like, beat Kasparov? <laughs> I wish, right? At the annual Project Expo in the city of Yaroslav, one robot in particular was a shining example of what Mother Russia has to offer the robotics world. Boris, as the robot was known, was shown walking around, giving fist bumps to expo attendees, performing mathematical calculations, and even dancing. The audience at the expo was blown away by Boris's capabilities, and news outlets throughout Russia played clips of Boris in their coverage of the technology conference. There's just one problem with Boris. He was just a man in a suit. <laughs> So there you go. (laughs) Much like the border wall that Russia sold you, (laughs) the robot they sold you was just a man in the suit. And that's how we get to the end of that topic. Shannon, (laughs) did you find anything out about your... uh... Yeah, it's it's from 2010. It's called Inferon. Okay. E-N-T-H-I-R-A-N. A brilliant scientist builds a humanoid robot to protect mankind, but things go... Awry when human emotions are programmed and inner turmoil causes the robot to act against him. Oh, no. But, oh. Inner robot turmoil? I mean, uh, we have to watch this trailer when we're not recording, but it's amazing. Now, in fairness, I would imagine that Boris would have inner tor- turmoil if only because he'd be like, I'm a man. Everybody and, thinks I'm a robot, and then I'm a there's man. a sequel. And that could actually be, that could be a movie, too. <laughs> the story of the man who pretends he's a robot. Yeah. Basically, it's In just the story of the American the, worker. Uh, apotheosis of the robot itself. <laughs> like, the man is already, like, a spiritual person. And then the sequel is called, it's just called 2.0, and it came out in 2018. Wow. Look at that. It's a robot with, like, 50 million machine gun hands. Oh, my God. Yeah. And there's a guy with giant eyebrows. <laughs> Cartoonishly large eyebrows. All right, we're going to watch those previews. You guys will love when we watch this later. (laughs) You will hear us laugh.
I have nothing else. Uh, John, you get to pick one through four. Okay, I'll take the fourth one. The fourth one! John Paris, do you have a vague idea about the $325,000 hamburger? Lots of... <laughs> John, John and Shannon just shared a long, sidelong glance at, each, at one another. Yeah, I'll take a stab at it. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, Shannon, $325,000 hamburger? Yeah, I got a vague idea about that. Great! John, hit us! What do you What do you think this is? I could imagine it like being made with like Kobe beef, topped with caviar and um, like beluga caviar and um, and like just actually a beluga whale. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Caviar is like more expensive than it used to be. I think. No, no, I know. <laughs> have, you, have you Have you seen the the James Bond movie of View to a Kill? Yes. Okay. Chris Jones. And Christopher, and Christopher Walken. Walken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, it, the opening sequence of that movie, uh, one, James Bond and then snowboarding, and they have, like, a third, like, a fourth party cover of uh, a Beach Boys song. I can't remember which one now. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, but he, he escapes the Russians in the opening, in the cold open of the film, and retreats, by snowboard. By snowboard, which is really just a board that he uses to slide the mount, down the mountain on. Um, and gets into his submarine, which basically is like <laughs> a long room with a rotating heart-shaped bed. Uh, Where, what is this location that's like slope into... Siberia somewhere. Siberia. Just like right off, right off of Siberia into the ocean. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Hey, it's a James Bond movie. <laughs> but... <laughs> In this. So he's got this backpack with him the whole time. He's he's inside his his submarine on the bed with the you know Russian agent that he's going to bone in moments when the screen turns to black. And Roger Moore is fifty seven years old in the movie, which makes it a little more sad in a lot of ways. But anyway, he opens his backpack and he has like a, a fifth of vodka and just a huge thing of caviar. So oh, the plan... I have seen that. I thought it was a Cialis ad, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, but I don't know. James Bond's plan is to, to eat really expensive fish eggs and drink vodka from the bottle, I guess. The, it, it, Shannon, as, as a woman... Yes. Is that a romantic way to spend an evening? Would you... I mean, I, I would... I think anybody would be down to fuck on a submarine. Because that just sounds cool. It's like, tight. I, it's very tight. Well, it's just something that's like... It's like... It, it's uh, it's like the, the idea of like uh, having sex in like a train cabin. Like you get like a really fancy train cabin. Like and you're traversing Europe and you're just like... Just having a romantic, you know... Cary Grant style, just Hitchcocky and bone your way across the country, solve a mystery kind of thing. That sounds great. Submarine sounds great too. Fish eggs and a giant bottle of vodka <laughs> as like primary sustenance. Giant bottle of vodka and giant container of fish eggs. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Especially you said they came out of a bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. If you really want to please a woman, you just have to have whatever it is come out of a bag, for one. It's like Mary Poppins. Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> and once you have a bag, you can put 
just vodka and caviar in it, or whatever. Okay, great. I'm so glad that I digressed to that. Um, John, did you have anything else to say about your $325,000? I think it's got other hamburger. good stuff on there, and like, I don't know. Like a nine dollar hamburger seems like a lot to me, so I I don't know. You're right. <laughs> nine dollars. Three hundred twenty-five thousand. Three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Okay, Shannon, what do you think? I, I'm gonna leave it there. You don't. You, you said you had a vague idea. Well, I had her vague idea. Yeah, we had I'm the same so, vague idea. Okay. Wait, what did you say? You said Kobe beef. I'm gonna say Wagyu beef. Wagyu beef. <laughs> And I'm going to say there's some gold leaf on it. Gold leaf. Yeah. Yes, that's oh, wow. probably true. It's the gold schlager of hamburgers. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is horrible for you, but we put gold on it, so whatever. <laughs> Although that's really all the president's ever done with anything. <laughs> Sorry, but... It's yeah, just put a gold stamp on it. Yeah, you're both wrong, and that's okay. <laughs> it's not actually a hamburger. Mark no. Post, a researcher at Maastricht University in the Netherlands announced that he had created a burger made from real meat grown in a lab. Oh. 20,000 strips of muscle tissue, to be exact, for the unreasonable price of $325,000. And he ate it, and it was okay. Ugh, he ate it? Yeah, well, but it's, I mean, it's it's just science. It's like, no, it's, it's the idea. I don't know. Out. It freaks me out. I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk. I want to talk about this, because I think this is interesting. What don't you like about it? Because I... Well, if we're going to be honest, I don't like thinking about raw meat. Either. Right. Well, you don't want to think about like... I don't want to think about my... Like my... a little calf walking up and like licking your arm. And Aww. then like in, in like six months, you're going to just make it into a burger. Even that is abstract enough. I mean, I don't love thinking about that, but it's the actual like raw meat thinking about it. Yeah. So you don't like to like play with raw meat. Yeah. Well, or I think... you wouldn't like cooking with raw meat. Yeah. Like when I, when I cook... Like, that, that 30 seconds, like, I probably cook stuff faster than I should, because I just, I'm like, get it in a, get it in a pan, turn it up, make it brown fast, yeah. like, get, yeah. Get, get rid of all of that. So when you say, like, muscle fibers, that just freaks me out. Oh, uh, yeah. But, I mean, that's uh, all it is. I know, but it's gross. I was actually a vegetarian from seventh grade until I was, like, 24, um, not because of ethical reasons, but because raw meat just grossed me out so much, I didn't want to eat it. Which, I, I don't blame you, because it is, like, my least favorite thing. Um, uh, I, I don't really like using, like, working with butter when I have to, like, mix it in. I, I made a lot of Chex Mix for the holidays, and that's part of the thing, is you have to, like, keep stirring butter, and you just get butter all over yourself. <laughs> um, I, I just don't like that texture of being, like, greasy. And you get that from meat, too, because there's a lot of fat in yeah. Butter doesn't bother me as much, though. Look at these amazing photos of my my sister. My sister and my um, sister's boyfriend are both butchers. They're like retail butchers. Oh, that's and right. And this is what they made for New Year's. What am I looking at? So basically what they did is they took a, a shoulder of lamb and deboned it. Okay. And then wrapped it in all kinds of like... Uh, uh, spices like garlic and rosemary and other things, and they sous vide it. So you basically like put it in a vacuum bag. That this is the vacuum sealer here. Okay. And then you put the the sealed meat in this. Um, you immerse it in a really precisely controlled water bath um, for heat, 
and it cooks it through to like 131 degrees, and then you take it out and just brown it for flavor. Oh, wow. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And um, the that's my long way of saying, like, there's some people who, like, touching meat is, like, is where, where they really get down. And this was very amazing. <laughs> <laughs> touching meat is where some people really get down is the title of my memoir. Uh, Like there's a nice window in every man's life where touching meat is where he really gets down. Um, trying to touch other meat just doesn't doesn't seem to happen, because you know you you have to be a person, have hobbies, be interesting. Okay, uh, I'm gonna give you both five points for that one. What? Yeah, because you know what? I uh, whatever. Uh, so who 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 gets to pick now? John, John, one, two, or three. I'll take the last one. You're going to take three. Okay. John Paris, do you have a vague idea about Time Magazine's Person of the Year for 2018? No, I don't. My grocery store doesn't put Time on the shelf. Do they? Do they, like, sell Time on shelves anymore? (laughs) I mean, I, I, I say that from a place of... Utter ignorance. One that I like. Don't pay attention. They to also store check out podcasts. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Time Magazine. We would love to sponsor you. You've you've always been telling us important stuff, and we would love to tell other people to do that. <laughs> John is covering his mouth because he's laughing so hard right now at my inadequate plug. We're really starting New Year right, don't you think? I, I think this is going great. <laughs> I don't know. I don't read Time. Here's a, here's a sample plug. Time Magazine. What are you going to do? Look at your phone? Or your watch? <laughs> or a clock? Buy a magazine instead. Time Magazine. There you go. What do you think? Hashtag something and Nate Regolia. Hashtag lost, lost the Time Magazine promo. <laughs> no, no. They love this. We're fresh. <laughs> Shannon, do you have a big idea about Time Magazine's 2018 Person of the Year? Person of the year. Uh-huh. All right, I'm gonna um, say I, I have a vague idea. Okay, you 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 pass. I totally pass. John passed. So Shannon, tell us what you think this oh, what person happened? of the year okay. is. What happened this year? Something big must have happened. Um, person of the year. You're just gonna guess. Yeah. Man. Why not? You well, guessed about guess. the hamburger. Just guess. Anybody. You guessed about the hamburger. What's different? Not gonna answer, huh? <laughs> Just staring at me in a really kind of creepy way. <laughs> it, it is. John is John is resolute in his stare. He's he's really you're really angry with me tonight. I don't know why. Because <laughs> you're not drinking. It's, it is. It's really awkward. <laughs> um. Okay, I'm gonna say. Um, I'm gonna say. I, I feel like I heard that it was Trump again, and it was like his third time or something. That is not right. No. No. Was that 2017? Uh, or you just mean it's not right that it was Trump? Because I agree. Oh, yeah, no, that wouldn't have been right, but it wasn't correct either. Okay. Um, uh, the the time person of the year for, for 2018, they listed the Guardians and the War on Truth. So Jamal Khashoggi, the uh, murdered journalist, was was one of them, as well as Wallone and Kwai So U. 
who were reporters who were convicted, uh, Maria Ressa, who was an editor who was indicted, and the Capitol the Gazette, the paper outside, uh, uh, the paper in Maryland that was shot up by the by the asshole earlier in the year. So it was it was journalists. Uh, journalists under fire were, was essentially Times Person of the Year for 2018. Uh, no points for you guys for that. You're still tied at ten and a half, and there are two topics left. Ooh. John, pick a topic. I'll take the second one. The second topic. John Peros, do you have a vague idea about the Puppy Bowl? Oh, yeah, I've got a vague idea. Great, Shannon, do you have a vague idea about the Puppy Bowl? Yep, I got a vague idea. Great! John, let's talk about the Puppy Bowl. Why don't you go first? Why? Because I don't know. I don't want to, (laughs) like, contribute to, like, any kind of NFL fandom this year. Okay. Like, I've done such a good job of avoiding (laughs) the NFL this year. Like, like... Like, as close as you could get to Well, last year. For 2018. And it's, it's the 2018-19 season that I'm boycotting. This is true. Yeah, no, that's that I, that's fair, yeah. Yeah, so if you would just lead this off and I could just maybe not add anything, that would be great. <laughs> All right. All right. The Puppy Bowl, run by Animal Planet, I believe, yeah. not associated with the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Is a mini Super Bowl for puppies during the Super Bowl. And, um, I believe all of the animals are up for adoption, and they all get adopted afterwards. Some of them as winners, <laughs> and, they, and others as losers. They hit a tiny little football back and forth down a little fake football field. And when does this take place? Uh, well, during the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's correct. You want me to say when the Super Bowl is? I mean, if you want to. I, I don't. Okay. January? I mean, February? Yeah. I mean, it's, usually, <laughs> it's usually anywhere between the last week of January and the second week of February, I right. think. Yeah, that's, it seems like depending it's... On, depending on the way cool. the high holidays for the NFL falls. <laughs> the religion of football. Uh, John, she said anything? It better than I could. You got it? Yeah. Great. Well, yeah, the Puppy Bowl is an adorable event where puppies play uh, American football. But in the way that doesn't cause concussions or lead to the abuse of women or the constant committing of crimes and the ignoring of those crimes unless they're committed against women uh, or the constant ignoring of those crimes unless they are committed in the just interest of protesting police brutality, which is known to be a thing because there are actually white supremacists in police departments. I don't know. It seems pretty evident. Uh, So, yeah, puppy ball. All right. (laughs) Let's do the last topic. Um, John, you're going to be at ten and a half points. <laughs> Shannon, I'm going to give you one-tenth of a point. So you're at 10.6 points. <laughs> Shannon, you get to pick the last topic. I'll pick the last topic. Okay. Oh, Shannon Page. Do you have a vague idea about the Proud Boys? Nope. No? Okay. John Peros. Do you have a vague idea about the Proud Boys? No, zero. Okay. Well, great. Uh, then we're going to have to do some sort of something or other for this. Uh, <laughs> the Proud Boys is a far-right organization that admits only men as members and promotes political violence. It has a presence in the United States, Canada, Australia, and the United Kingdom. 
The group sees men, especially white men, and Western culture as under siege. What, how exciting. It sounds like a Steven Seagal movie, right? Uh, <laughs> their views have elements of white genocide conspiracy theory. I wonder what that is. It's a bunch of bullshit. The group was started in 2016 by Vice Media co-founder and former commentator Gavin McGinnis. The Proud Boys emerged as part of the alt-right, but in early 2017, McGinnis began distancing himself from the alt-right, saying that their focus is race, while his focus is on what defines Western values. The rebranding effort intensified at the the right rally that uh, resulted in the death of a woman because a Nazi drove over her. The organization has been described as a hate hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center and NPR's The Takeaway. While the group claims that it does not support white supremacist views, its members often appear at racist rallies and events. Uh, So yeah, they've been around for a couple years. Their logo is a cock, which makes me sad as a person born in the year 1981 and uh, someone who's interested in the Chinese calendar because that is my (laughs) Chinese astrological sign is the cock. Proud boys. Pretty sad. So, uh, I'm going to give you both... I'm going to give you both... Uh, let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you both uh, uh, 20 points. Woo! So, John, you're at 30.5. And Shannon, you're at 30.6. <laughs> I was so close. 30.6. This was tight. This was tight. A tenth of a point divided our two noble combatants this day in the Thunderdome, also known as the Basement of a very nice Victorian house in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Shannon, I guess, I mean, it's really, it's time for you to talk about what you want, I guess. I mean, I I don't know. Unless we should do one more thing to see if this uh, tiny margin... Oh, God, please let it be over. You just want to end it? John, John, you're just conceding? Okay. Uh, I mean, she beat me by a tenth of a point, right? Yeah. No, she won by a tenth of a point. It's not like it was a tie-tie. It was a tenth of a point victory. So, Shannon. Feels good to be the first winner of 2019. This year you have won the vague idea <laughs> 2019 trophy du jour. Ooh. This is a trophy that has a soup cup on top. Mm-hmm. Today the soup is clam chowder. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> one of my favorites i'm really liking this new like talk show aesthetic that we've got going on this is good yeah no this is a lot of fun it's just i I, keeping everybody cozy and then just yeah well especially eliminating the know it and kind of get it categories also help because really we're just here to talk about the stuff and so we might as well just say it's a vague idea (laughs) yeah yeah streamlining we're always streamlining we're just the pseudo show now not the pseudo game show do you have anything to plug in addition to your victory lap um well see robot and 2.0 oh yeah um yeah i uh i watched a lot of tv over the christmas break finally got around to watching maniac that was good. Was that good? I liked it. Okay. So I need to I, watch that. And Homecoming. I've still been meaning to check that out. And um, um, something on Bob's Burgers. What is that? Oh, something on Hulu, Bob's Burgers. So there you go. If you got Hulu, watch Bob's Burgers. If you got Netflix, watch Maniac. And if you got Prime, watch Homecoming. 
That's did, what I'm plugging. TV. Did, great. Did you watch Nailed It? Have you watched Nailed It? I don't, I don't love Nailed It. You don't love it? I don't love it. Why not? I don't know. Maybe because it's too real. It's too it's, real? It's what everything I make looks like. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the problem is more that it's not, it's not funny because it's just like, well, yeah, this is the disaster that is my normal existence. Yeah, if I'm going to watch people bake... If I'm gonna watch people bake instead of bake myself, I want it to be like Great British Bake Off, like beautiful. You you things. want them to excel. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to be like, oh, that's what I that's what I would have done. Because I would recommend the uh, uh, at very least they they put out a holiday season that's like seven episodes long, I think. Um, and I would recommend at least watching the New Year's episode, which is the second to the last one on the Netflix. <laughs> Jason Manzukis, who is on How Did This Get Made and Comedy Bang Bang and several other things, is on the episode. It's a very funny episode. Uh, they crack everybody up. It's uh, it, it's it's fun. Anyway, okay, well, great chance. <laughs> TV, yeah, yay. Television, guys. You know what? For twenty nineteen, don't don't do as much. Just watch some things. <laughs> John, John, do you have anything to plug? No, I don't. No? Nothing to plug? No. All right. Okay. Well, hey, thanks, guys, so much for playing again this week. This has been A Vague Idea. Welcome to 2019. And uh, hopefully in the future we will have a better grasp on what palm ou palm de terre means. Uh, because other, because if we don't, like uh, my whole zany uh, avant-garde thing is going to go out the window. Thank you for listening. <laughs> have a great beginning of the year. Be nice to each other, but not too nice. Bye! Bye. Good night. <laughs> A Vague Idea is written and produced by me, Nate Regolia, with Shannon Page and John Peros. If you like this podcast and you like anime, you should check out my podcast with Sean Grolkowski called You Better Believe This. That's found at moleholeradio.com. If you like science fiction books, you should check out the press that Sean and I started. It's called Spaceboy Books, and you can find us at readspaceboy.com.